Hey guys, welcome to the Bad Blood Football Podcast. Uh, I know we've been gone for a few weeks, but we're getting right back into it. We're going to be analyzing the combine results that have been just unfolding a couple days ago. Um, we're going to be looking at some mock draft picks from Rob and I. So, you know, Dan's not going to be on this one, but Rob and I are going to give you our top combine performers and the top five draft picks of this year's draft based on our predictions. So let's get right into it. First things first, we're going to look at our top combine performers. We're going to do this in sort of a, you know, un- unregulated freestyle way. So, you know, just naming off some names. I think... Um, Henry Ruggs was actually my number one. I think, you know, if you look at a lot of lists by experts on the internet, you're going to see a lot of other names. But I would pick Henry Ruggs as my number one. I think, you know, this guy, 5'11", 188 pounds. He has incredible speed. He's 4.2740. Um, it's just .03 under the record. That could be anything, you know, like on a good day, he could have been a record running, you know, 40 runner so this guy's really about as fast as it gets he's going to be a huge problem for any cornerback that's trying to cover this guy almost no corner has this kind of speed um so i, I really think he's going to be a phenomenal weapon for whoever gets to grab him in the yeah i'm i'm, I'm definitely gonna to have to kind of kind of add on to that right so so henry ruggs out of alabama he's he's definitely an equivalent to tyreek hill in the league right now i mean like and like Sean was just saying, you know, cornerbacks are going to have huge difficulties with this guy. Yeah, this guy gets like over half of his yards after the catch. He's averaging, you know, over 14 yards a carry as well or per uh, reception as well. Um, he's catching a touchdown one out of every four times he catches the ball. This guy is just a, a real beast, and I, I think some people are sleeping on him, putting him under people like uh, Justin Jefferson and Claypool as well. Uh, I, this guy's. You know, maybe the best wide receiver of the draft in terms of how he would translate to the. So, yeah, what do you think, Rob? Who who do you got as your best overall draft uh, or combine? Per- so that's definitely a. Uh, it's a loaded question, right? Because you have you have guys such as Isaiah Simmons out of out of uh, Clemson, the linebacker, a freak of nature. You got somebody you just mentioned, Chase Claypool, out of uh, out of Notre Dame. I guess I'll just start with Claypool. So you know he's like a Calvin Johnson type player. I mean, granted. Henry Ruggs, you know, he may be quick, but I think Chase Claypool will be uh, a more dominant NFL-ready wide receiver. You know, he he's big-bodied, man. He's 229 pounds. He ran a 4.4240. At 229 pounds, that's insane. I mean, he only had 19 reps at 225. It's still pretty good. I mean, he's no DK Metcalf, but I mean, that's that's neither here nor there. CBS Sports has him as the 18th ranked receiver in this draft, which means he's going to be, you know, a third round draft pick. And I think that he may be a better production wide receiver than some of these first rounders. Uh, you got teams like the Broncos and Chicago and the Eagles who all are in need of a wide receiver, and I think that they'll be they'll be apt to pick him in the second round. I think a lot of these mock drafts are putting him lower, where I think that um, teams are going to see the potential, and because this the, these combine performances are really going to show you, you know, his intangibles. I mean, you don't know how he's going to play on the field. I mean, so, you know, at, at Notre Dame, you're playing good teams, but you're also playing cupcake teams. So you don't really know how he's going to do in the NFL because, you know, you're only playing against five really good, talented guys in college. Um, but... Let's see how he makes that transition. I think I like I said. I think he's going to be a mid second round, maybe late second round pick. Uh, I do not think he'll fall to the third round where some of these mock drafts have him going. Yeah, he's got that forty point five inch vertical leap. He, you know, really, he could be a really 
big weapon for almost any NFL team. You know, like you said, Calvin Johnson type guy. I think he's good. I, I wouldn't take him over rugs. In my opinion, speed is key right now in the NFL. If you're looking at the best wide receivers, you're looking at people like Tyreek Hill, of course, who, you know, very quick. You don't see as many of these Calvin Johnson types having quite as big of performances in today's game as far, you know, as far as I can tell. I mean, and in my opinion, right, so I, I think you're not seeing that is because all of those guys are moving to tight end, right? Because I saw I saw somebody write that, that teams are trying him out at tight end because he's so big. So, like, maybe those guys are just moving to tight end because then you have these inline tight ends. You know, they're not really blocking guys, but they can catch the ball because that's really what the tight end position is evolving to, right? You don't have this run-first offense anymore. You have a, yeah. you know, you have guys like Travis Kelsey who, I mean, realistically, he could probably be a receiver, but he's so big. Like, he catches the, the balls in the middle of the field. It's like, like those guys are key. Now, you know, you have somebody, he's quick. I mean, he runs a 4.24. I mean, that's not slow by any means. He's not running a tight end time. But you get a guy like a dominant wide receiver like, you know, Calvin Johnson was, I think that he'll be able to fill that position for somebody who's in desperate need of a big wide receiver. Yeah, you do have some teams these days who, you know, their top receivers are tight ends. Like, I, th- I think the Raiders, they have two tight ends before their first receiver in terms of uh, receiving yards. And that's getting more and more common, that kind of thing. So maybe you're right. Maybe maybe they are kind of moving to tight end. I could see Calvin Johnson being a tight end if he came in in today's league. Exactly. But yep. So, you know, keep it on this thread of speed because... That's really, I found some, you know, this guy to be really impressive, close to as impressive as uh, Ruggs was, but in a different position. So we have the cornerback, Javelin Guidry from Utah, and he had the second fastest for What a time name, of the draft. too. Holy shit. <laughs> javelin. Yeah, dude, he, this guy's about as fast as a Javelin, too. He ran, he ran a 4.2940. So, you know, that's faster than most wide receivers, like, by a good bit. And typically, you know, you're going to see a little bit of a faster time out of a wide receiver than a corner, but this guy is going to burn the average wide receiver. So, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to create like a lot of separation on somebody like this. Um, he's also a physical corner. He, he benched 21 reps of 225 pounds. So you're not really sacrificing in terms of uh, power to get that kind of speed. So I, I just think this guy will be a good overall, like, all-around kind of guy. I'm not saying he's necessarily second-best uh, combine performer, but he definitely is going to overperform compared to what his stock was looking like before the combine. So I, I really just see this guy as a almost a you know sleeper coming into the combine, but now I think he could be going really early. He could, You could see him go in the first round after this kind of performance because he's just so impressive physically. So it almost seems like, right, so like with a speed like that, He's got to go to somebody who's in the Chiefs division because, you know, if you're dealing with Tyreek Hill, like somebody who's fast like that or whoever picks rugs, right? The, the, uh, someone in that division has to pick that cornerback. So, you know, that speed at cornerback is going to be a very like, you know, man to man type guy. I mean, I hope that's how he plays, you know, and like you were saying, he, he benched what, 21 reps at 225. That's pretty impressive for, for a cornerback. I'm sure, I'm sure he's pretty small body. I'm sure he's not that big, big of a guy. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm definitely agreeing. A guy like that, he um, he probably increased his draft stock um, significantly. Yep. So who, who do you got? Who else? I'm going to have to probably... I, I was no lineman in high school. 
and I was a small guy. And it's interesting to see these O-linemen when they run their 40s, because I was also super slow. My nickname in high school was Molasses, uh, you know. But anyway, so this guy, Tristan Worfs, he's an O-lineman out of Iowa. He ran a 4.8540 time, and he is the highest vert of all offensive linemen at 36.5 inches and the furthest broad jump at 121 inches. That is crazy. This man is 6'5", 320 pounds. He, I, I don't know how this man is the third-ranked offensive lineman in this draft. It just does not make any sense. You know, when he was at, at Iowa, he was a dominant performer at right tackle. I think that... This speed that he's showing now is going to make him an interior offensive lineman, probably a right guard. Um, you know, when they're run, you know a lot of right hand quarterbacks that like to run to the left. You know, get that the, the good pulls out of that right guard, being so fast, being so big. You know, you're going to be like a freight train coming down the line. Um, I think that that is just it's a really good intangible to have as an offensive line. Where I see him falling, to be honest, is a team like Indy who needs help. Because, um, you know, Andrew Luck's gone. Indy all around just needs help. And this offensive lineman is just going to be, you know, the guy they should pick. Now, are they going to pick him? Not 100% sure. I mean, there's two other offensive linemen some people have before him. I don't agree with that at all. I think he's the best bang for your buck in the offensive line category in this draft. Yeah, I'd be pretty shocked if he, act- if he didn't go, you know, either early in the first round uh, after this kind of performance. So, you know, to go off that, let's move right into these top five picks. We're just, Rob and I are just going to take you through the our predicted top five picks of the draft. We're not going to do full mock drafts or anything because I think it, it gets too subjective once you get past a certain point because you never know who's going to go. So it, at a point it becomes useless. But I think the first five picks is you know a small enough list that we can say with a reasonable amount of confidence who these teams might choose. So just before we get into that, though, I, I want to mention that a lot of experts are predicting that the Dolphins might trade up even further than they already, you know, they have the fifth pick, but a lot of experts predict that they're going to try to get the second or third pick in order to get Tua, but I really, I can't imagine him being taken by their fifth pick, so it it really seems like they could be giving away something for nothing, so, you know, it's going to suck if he does get picked, but I, I don't know, there's a chance that you just give somebody away to get a, you know, to trade up but you don't get anything out of it, you know? It just doesn't seem like a great idea to me. Right, So, and, and, and kind of to go off of that, right? So all the teams before them, they're going to have their needs met, essentially. You know, like Cincy, Washington, Detroit, and New York, or I guess the Giants, all have these positions that are not quarterback besides Cincy, um, who they're going to be easily filled by, by high-tier players. And I don't think that Miami needs to trade because they'll probably trade a first and second round pick to get that second or third pick, which I think, like you said, they're moving up to get nothing. Like, they, it would be a dumb decision. They have three first round picks. So, like, okay, fine. If you don't get Tua, it is what it is. But, I mean, I, I to be honest with you, I don't even think he's that good. And, I mean, I think maybe we were talking about this before. I think you might agree with me that he might be a little overrated. Yeah, definitely. You could you could get – there's plenty of other quarterbacks in this draft that are excellent, excellent players. Like, you could definitely pick up other people here. And they could, they don't even have to get a quarterback at this point if they don't want to. You know, they could maybe get Jordan Love in their second first-round pick. Like, right. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, Eason. They, they could wait. They could just get somebody else that's good. So I, I really – you know, unless they really have their heart set on Tua, I think they shouldn't trade up. They should just take their fifth round and likely grab him then. 
So yeah, let's let's get right into it. Who's your first round uh, or your first pick overall of the draft for Cincinnati? So I'm I'm thinking that we're probably both going to agree this pick. It it, <laughs> it it has to be Joe Burrow. I mean, he was he's obviously a very dominant quarterback coming out of LSU, won the championship. I mean, it's just it's hard to deny how well he is going to be able to transition, at least in my opinion. I think he'll make that transition very well. Uh, Cincinnati, you know, still has AJ Green. You know, he'll have some weapons. I don't know how well that offensive line is going to be able to hold up. But I think, you know, being able to, I mean, even if they want to bench him for a first year, right, behind Andy Dalton, I mean, I don't know. Andy Dalton kind of fell off the last, I guess, last year. But Joe Burrow, I think he's, you know, he's ready right out the box. Mm -hmm. I expect this guy to be a great NFL player within his first, you know, two seasons. Like maybe the first season will be a little bit of a learning curve, but I I think he's going to be a really good quarterback very, very early in his career. So a lot of people going into this draft, like, you know, months ago, we're talking about, is it going to be Joe Burrow or is it going to be Tua? And I really think it's not particularly close. So like you look at the accuracy. So, you know, Joe Burrow, 78.8% 78.8% completion percentage. Tua's got 74.7. It's much, much worse. Um, and I think Joe Burrow's skills also translate better to the modern era of the NFL. So he has a, a pretty good amount of escapability in the pocket. He's not like a running quarterback per se, but you know that kind of Pat Mahomes guy who can get out of trouble. There, It's not that he has huge legs. It's just that he can move enough when he's getting pressured that he doesn't take a sack. He's essentially an athlete, right? I mean, he he's not Tom Brady. Like, there's no Tom Brady-like quarterbacks anymore. Everybody's an athlete, right? So it's like, and and yeah, and and continue with what you're saying. Sorry, I, I just wanted to. Yeah, to- no, that, that's totally what I'm thinking. So, like, I, I really think whether you're looking at the stats, you know, where he's, you know, definitely better than Tua, and then, you know, if you're looking at the eye test, just watching them play, I think Joe Burrows looks like he has a better skill set to translate into the modern era of the NFL or, you know, today's NFL, I should say, because people use that modern era as, you know, has some significance. But so I, I can't imagine Tua getting taken above him. Cincinnati's going to be so happy to pick Burrow here. It's exactly what they need. So, yeah. There's no argument in my opinion. Anyone who thinks it's Tua, I think there's serious mental gymnastics going on. I and and I was gonna say the only other possible person that they could pick and and it wouldn't even be a quarterback and it would be Chase Young. And I mean and they don't need an edge rusher. I mean they 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 need to fill that quarterback position. So and like you said, it's mental gymnastics if someone's gonna go with Tua over Joe Burrow. Um, if they do and Miami can get Joe Burrow, oh my gosh, New England is gonna have a hell of a time winning that division from here on out, especially if Brady's gone. So what do you what are you thinking for the Washington pick, right? Because they need they need an edge rusher, they need an offensive tackle, a wide receiver, and a cornerback. They're hurting regardless. They I think they just got rid of Josh Josh Norman. So, you know, they're without skills, essentially. So what so what yes. and, and, so, and so what are you thinking? So interestingly, like I don't think Joe Burrow is the best player of the draft, even though we're just talking him up. I think Washington's actually going to get the best player of the draft here. So they're going to pick Chase Young. He's a great edge rusher. And I think he's probably the, you know, I really, I don't see who else could be as good as him coming out of this draft, unless you want to say Burrow. But I really think he's even better than him. Um, It's just that Cincinnati needs a a quarterback so badly that they can't pick Chase Young or they likely won't. Um, So he played with Nick Bosa. He actually, you know, went in after him. And many experts um, on the college scene 
consider him to be better than both of the Bosa brothers in terms of his athleticism. And his stats kind of bear that out. He, he's a really, really solid edge rusher. And I, you know, you, we saw the success that both of the Bosa brothers had in the NFL, you know, very early on in their careers. I see this guy going exactly the same way. And I think a dominant defensive player would do wonders for Washington going into next season. They could play him, you know, he'd, he'd be starting from week one and onwards. And I think he'd be really, you know, already a top contender in the NFL. Yeah, I was going to say, because if the experts are saying that, that he's, you know, better than the Bosa brothers, that's already scary enough because both of the Bosa brothers are absolute monsters. So, and, and like you were saying, Washington is going to get the best, um, pretty much the best bang for their buck in this draft with Chase Young. He is the best prospect coming out. Hopefully he's not a bust, right? I mean, I really hope none of these guys in the first round are a bust. That's always super, super sad to see. Um, but Chase Young, definitely going to be that second-round pick coming out of Ohio State. It is just uh, it's a no-brainer. I mean, and like you were saying, I don't want to keep reiterating you. But, you know, as, if Cincy could pick him, they definitely would. But the quarterback needs to be filled. So Washington is going to get this this phenomenal edge rusher. Then they can build their defense around him. I think that's that should be their plan of attack um, going forward. Yeah, so who, who do you got for Detroit's pick, the third pick of the draft? Um, you know, obviously, if I think if either of these players passed or went this low, I wouldn't be surprised if they just took him. So, you know, if for some reason they don't take Chase Young, I think – Detroit's going to take him right here. And I think if, for the you know the same reason, Joe Burrow doesn't go early, they're going to get Joe Burrow. So um, who, who do you have as your third pick overall? Yeah, well, I mean, most definitely. I, I think if, if either of those players fell to any lower than one and two, it would be instant grab. And if it's not, that, that team is stupid. I have a – so Detroit currently needs – you know, they're really – they're hurting for a linebacker, a cornerback, and an edge rusher. So, you know, Chase Young falls. They're going to take him, obviously. Now, I have this this limbo between Isaiah Simmons and Jeff Okuda where, you know, Simmons is out of Clemson and, and Okuda is out of uh, Ohio State. So, Isaiah Simmons is... I watched tape of him, you know, just recently. He is this freak of nature guy. He plays. He's all over the defense. You know, he's, he's a linebacker by trade. But he comes out of the safety position sometimes. You know, he he sometimes even blitzes from that safety position at like 230 pounds, flying full speed at you. Um, he's just he's a he's a dominant guy. He's probably honestly um, he's right behind Chase Young in my opinion. Uh, with that, uh, he should be number three. He's ranked number five in, in some mock drafts. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. But and then Jeff Okuda. I mean, Detroit needs a good cornerback. Uh, you know, you're not you're playing against Aaron Rodgers and you're playing against Kirk Cousins. You know, you need someone that can really cover these these number one guys that they have, and uh, and they don't have them right now. They're like they're number three, so they're obviously hurting defensively. Um, so yeah, I mean, I have Isaiah Simmons or, or Jeff Okuda going at number three. Yeah, so I have Okuda, um, not Simmons, but I, I I could really see them grabbing Simmons. Um, I just think Okuda is a little bit more likely. Uh, I just think they need a wide or a cornerback more to cover some of these elite wide receivers um, in their division, and as well as the quarterbacks. An out outside kind of pick here. Like if I had to pick a you know potential, this is where it gets a little scary for Miami because Detroit could take Tua here. So it would not be shocking at all for them to grab him, in my opinion. So you know they have, they already have solid play. They already have. Um, a solid quarterback, but 
if you're looking at the future prospects of your team going years into the future, getting someone like Tua, you know, you really do set yourself up. You know, there's plenty of times where the best quarterback in college ends up not being so good. And it looks, you know, the second best is way better. So, I, you know, I really, it wouldn't be a terrible pick. Sometimes it's just good to get a really good quarterback early on in the draft and, you know, roll the dice on whether or not they become the next elite player in the NFL. I, um, I think I'm going to have to disagree with you there, honestly. I I don't think Detroit will pick to it. I, I, I think it, like that would be, I would be absolutely just flabbergasted if they, if Detroit picked to it because Matthew Stafford's going back and he's still pretty young. Like, I mean, yeah, okay, you want to set up for the future, but you have guys that are going to be more, you know, essential to your team. I mean, Grant, yes, the quarterback is the most essential position on the field. But, you know, if you can fill your, like, defensive positions, because your offense can only do so much. You know, your defense has to be able to make stops. And if you can fill those positions that are going to be day one starters, I think you need to do that before you pick a backup quarterback for the future. I I, I think that's what a, a second and third round pick quarterback is used for, you know, to groom them for the future. They're going to be kicking themselves if they don't get him and he becomes the next kind of, like, Pat Mahomes or something, though. Yeah. You know, I don't know. But that's like, but I mean, that's just, look, you know, like, no one can see that. Because there's also, you know, Jamarcus Russell. He was the number one pick and was a bust. So it's like... You, you don't know, you, you can't see the future, so you gotta you gotta go tried and true, in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. I, I definitely think that Okuda and uh, Simmons are more likely. I'm just, you know, he's my a distant third in terms of likelihood that they could grab him. Um, it, and it's, you know, just another reason why Miami might want to consider trading up. I, you know, I obviously don't think they should, but, you know, something to look at. So who, who do you have for... The Giants pick, the fourth overall pick of the draft. So once again, I mean, and like you were saying, you know, once you get past one and two, it gets kind of, kind of gets fucky, right? Because like you have, you have guys that can fit, they can kind of mend to where they need to be. So I have two guys, they're both offensive tackles, you know, you have, you have Daniel Jones, who's a one-year pro, he only, you know, he only started half the season, He's all right, a quarterback. You know, they can use some more help on the offensive line. And that's really where I think they're going to go. Because there is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of value in this draft, in the early draft, with offensive tackles, or just offensive linemen in general. So I had them either picking uh, Jedrick Wills Jr. out of Alabama or Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. I just think that, you know, they'll really shore up that offensive line. You know, it's something that they need desperately um, is to really have that pass protection and also, I mean, if you're able to get Shaquan Barkley, you know, running the ball well behind a good offensive line, um, that's just going to, you know, increase their increase their offensive stats even more. So, I mean, I think that offensive tackle position or just offensive line in general, honestly, just needs to be filled with that fourth pick no matter what. So the way I see it, they have three options that they can go to here. And, and so number one is that they could look for a receiver. So, you know, they could look for a, you know, truly elite talent at the receiver position. Now, I, I don't see this as being too likely. It would definitely help their game. It would inc- improve their ability to run the football if they had a little bit more threat in the passing game. But, you know, they may, I, I would say they're better off looking to shore up their weaknesses uh, that are allowing so many QB hits. I mean, they're third uh, in the league in terms of QB hits, and that's due to their, you know, lack of a good offensive line. And so that would be their second option is to get uh, a good O-lineman. And the third option would be to improve their defense, and they could grab someone like Isaiah Simmons if he fell to here. Um, And I I really think that would do really great things for them as a team. But, 
you know, I, I really, if I had to pick which one I think they're going to go for, I think they're going to go with option two. They're going to get an excellent lineman on the offensive side of the ball, and they're going to prevent some of these QB hits and sacks. Um, we're seeing a lot of fumbles from the Giants, and I think that's largely due to their just really, really almost like hard to watch offensive line play. Now, you know, they have a bad D line too, but, you know, offensive line, really, really important, especially when you got a new quarterback in there who he's just not looking good, and you can definitely help him out with a better O line here. So, my pick is going to be Tristan Wirfs. Um, he's just going to do so much. So, you know, for the same reasons you said, like, just a good O-line is going to make their team look worlds better. So, so you know, with the Worfs pick, right? So you have these two guys I mentioned, uh, Wills and Thomas ahead of him. Now, I mean, I, and I was talking him up, you know, with, with the combine performances. He is a freak of nature. Um, but I don't think that the, he's going to be as highly valued as the two guys. I personally... So we're about to start talking about Miami, and I'm, I'm going to save the most of this commentary for Miami. But I think he'll fall to 18, which is Miami's second first round pick. But I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna wait. So for my number five pick in the draft, right? I think Tua is going to go with to Miami. Um, I think we're both going to agree on this. If they don't trade, he's going to go there. I think he's going there regardless, um, unless he's picked before that. Blah blah blah. blah. Um, you know. Miami needs help. You know, they, they got rid of Ryan Tannehill. Um, is that a good decision? I don't really know. But Tua will help them. He's he's a he's definitely a Pat Mahomes-type uh, quarterback. Actually, I, I might compare him. He might be in the middle of Jackson and Mahomes. He's kind of a – he's an athlete, but he can throw the ball. I mean, he comes from Alabama, you know, great school to, to draft a quarterback out of most of the time. Um, so I'm just thinking, you know, two will, will fit well in that offense and probably make them more productive. They, they I don't think they're going to have a playoff season by any means, uh, if even if they do pick Tua, but I mean that's just how I have, and that's where I have him. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to grab Tua. Um, their owner's been to see him play twice uh, last season. You know, he really strange that they would go and he would go and watch at all. Also, I read an article on Walter Football. It's their mock draft. Um, where they pointed out the fact that he stopped, the the Dolphins stopped trying to lose games when Tua got injured. So it kind of looked like they were going for a first-round pick, or I mean the first overall pick, because that's where they thought they could get Tua. You know what I mean? They thought Tua was going to be first. And then he took an injury, and then they started winning. So it just seems a little bit like they realized that they could get him a little bit later and stopped trying to throw their games as much. Like, it's dead serious. So, and I actually think that's a good good shout. Like, I was looking at the uh, record, and it, it makes a lot of sense if you look at how they started to play towards the end of the season. You know, they took that Patriots win. You, you would think they would rather have lost that game than win it if, if they really wanted um, the earliest draft pick, like they were definitely gunning for um, earlier on in the season. So, I, I can't imagine them taking anyone but Tua. Now, if he's already taken... I think they could probably just improve their O-line. So, you know, get any of these top O-linemen. If Tristan Wirfs passed, get him. Or they could get uh, Becton. He ran a 5'10", 40, and he's 368 pounds, 6'7", so really, really big guy. He's a tackle. Um, they Just somebody like that. I, you know, they could improve whoever their quarterback they pick later on in the draft is, 
by picking a, a good O-lineman here. So, you know, in the case where they can't get their number one choice at the QB position, just pick somebody who's going to help your number two choice at the quarterback position by getting a good O-lineman. Yeah, so I'm definitely going to agree with you. I mean, yeah, so if Tua, if Tua doesn't go to them, they're going to have to pick that O-lineman. But I, I do want to talk about, you know, the Dolphins have three first-round picks, which is pretty crazy, to be honest with you. So I, I'm, I want to kind of talk about my thoughts on who they're going to grab, right? So I think this first round for them is just going to be a strictly offensive round. It's going to be Tua, then Wharfs, and then a guy out of Georgia, a running back uh, named DeAndre Swift. Um, I do think Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin would also be a good choice at that 26th pick in the draft. But DeAndre Swift is ranked a little bit higher than him. You know, he comes out of Georgia, which is a uh, very productive school. You know, they need to show up that offensive line. They need to get pretty much their bread and butter together because they don't have that right now. So these three picks are going to be essential to their um, their ability to really thrust themselves into a playoff spot. I mean, I know I said that, that Tua won't bring them directly into the playoffs, but you know, you surround him with better picks and better people. I think he might be able to do it. Yeah, I think three years down the road, you know, you, you're two maybe two seasons down the road, you get uh, you know three good if they make three really smart decisions in this first round, you could see them be a playoff team, no issue. That you know that they're really set up for success. And um, don't don't sleep on them in these coming seasons because teams that have a lot of first round picks like this, they can be really dangerous. So let's talk about some other key picks of the draft. So uh, you know, Patriots fan. Um, so the Patriots have the twenty third pick of the draft. So who who do you think they're going to pick for that? I know you're a big fan, so. Just, um, you know, we, we have these two key linebackers hitting free agency in Van Noy and Jamie Collins. And we also have Alandon Roberts. You know, he's actually a pretty solid backup. He saw 20% of the snaps this season, and he had pretty good stats while he did it. So losing all three of those guys at once could be a big hit to their defense. So, I, you know, I, I see them looking towards the linebacker position unless they have plans to bring these guys back. Uh, they're going into unrestricted free agency, but... Um, you know, maybe they can negotiate a contract and they already know they're going to bring some of these guys back in. So, you know, it's kind of up in the air. So what, who would you pick? Yeah. So to kind of fill that void. So I, me and you have both said this, right? If Brady stays, they need to get him some help regardless of who they pick to bring in a quarterback for New England. They need to give him some help. So yeah, if they do lose Van Oy and Collins, you know, they're going to need to fill that linebacker position. But I think, you know, Simmons is going to be gone. So, you know, the next best guy is is Kenneth Murray, and he's out of Oklahoma. You know, I mean, is he going to fill that position? I mean, I, maybe. If you could draft a guy like, you know, T. Higgins out of Clemson, it's just you're going to help that quarterback not so much because they have been a team with no wide receivers. They drafted Neal last year in the first round. He did nothing. I really hope that if they decide they want to draft a, a wide receiver this time around, um, you get better value. I mean, T. Higgins would be that guy. You know, he was he's a solid wide receiver. But on the other side of the ball, Kenneth Murray, he'd also be a solid, uh, solid pick. You know, you gotta you gotta keep that linebacking core together. If they do resign Van Oy and Collins and Roberts, I mean, well, then it just falls to uh, pretty much a wide receiver. Yeah. So um, my first pick is definitely Kenneth Murray. Like I, I would definitely expect them to grab him. They just need, they're going to need linebacker help. But um, if we look at, so, you know, keep in mind, I, I definitely think that Tom Brady will not be staying at Newland. So I think that um, Stidham is going to have trouble 
if they don't get him some more help and weapons. You know, Brady can work with it to some degree, but Sidham cannot. So I would love to see them, you know, I was talking him up earlier. I'd love to see them get Ruggs here, Henry Ruggs. And he, you know, he could definitely go this late in the draft. He had a huge performance at the combine, but, you know, he wasn't, his stock wasn't as high as some other receivers going into it. So I would love to see them take uh, the wide receiver from Alabama. You know, he, had, he ran the fastest 40 of the draft. You could see him being the next Tyreek Hill, and he could really help a young new quarterback look really great, even in a team that's sort of on the decline now. Yeah, so, so and, and kind of talk about a young new quarterback, right? Also, I think a possibility is Justin Herbert out of Oregon. I mean, if if for some reason nobody picks him previous to the 23rd pick, in the, I think New England will snag him. Because if if they think that Brady will be out of there and they're behind it, backing it, not giving him a contract, they need to bring somebody in from the first round. I mean, unless they want to, you know, try to get another six-round diamond in the rough. I don't know about that. But, uh, but I think Justin Herbert would be able to fill that. But, you know, going to the next people I want to talk about is this Chargers pick, right? Because if the Chargers don't get Brady, they're going to pick Herbert. So it's really going to be this limbo of it. they might just be trading people. Listen, um, Tua and Burt. So they have the sixth pick of the draft, yep, right? Yep, yep. So, so they need a quarterback. Rivers is out. Um, so they need... They need a good quarterback, and obviously Tua and Burrow will most likely be gone. If he's not, I'll, or if they're not, I'll be very surprised. Um, so the next best quarterback would be, you know, Herbert. So I think that that's where they're going to go with that. I think it's going to be an interesting pick because if Simmons is still there, they also need help at linebacker. So it's really going to be this this limbo pick where it's going to be interesting to watch because you know. If they decide to go offense, you know, it's going to be a whole new guy coming in. And I mean, and I don't really know where that's going to leave them. Now, if they bring in Brady, Simmons is going to be the obvious pick. But it, like I said, it's going to be a very interesting pick to watch. I'm curious to see where the Chargers go with them. Yeah, so I could see them bringing in Brady. And so I kind of have them picking Simmons, assuming he falls to this point. So, yeah, that, that would be my prediction for the Chargers. So, you know, any other teams we want to... Shout out, you know, for really important picks of this draft that could make them improve a lot based on who they choose. So I think the Titans may may have a may have some options on their hands here. I mean, they have the 29th pick of the draft. You know, they have Derrick Henry at running back. He's undeniably one of the best or the best running back in the league. And you have Ryan Tannehill at court. If they decide that they don't want to stick with Ryan Tannehill, I think they need to pick a quarterback, which Jordan Love and and Jacob Eason are not bad quarterbacks. They're they are going to be great at the 29th pick, regardless of if they're picked or not. Um, I think the Titans would only benefit from picking a quarterback uh, in the first round. I think it's going to be interesting to see. They also may take an offensive lineman, you know, just to give Tannehill a little more help and you know, uh, give Henry you know some more holes to run through. But other than that, I mean, I think that's those are pretty much the teams that are going to be the most interesting to watch. And just to you know, just to shout out that there's four teams that don't have a first round pick this year, obviously because you know the chart or the uh, the Dolphins have three first round picks. We're looking at the Bears, the Texans, the Rams, and the Steelers all without first round pick. Um, so that's going to be a little weird, right? Because the Steelers are in need of a quarterback because Big Ben's you know hurt here and there. Uh, the Texans they could always use another receiver. Bears are in desperate need of a quarterback because Michael Trubisky or Mitchell Trubisky sucks. But the Rams, they're fine with that. So, all right. So I think that wraps up our, um, you know, combine discussion and our mock draft predictions for the first couple picks. 
So we'll see you guys next week. We'll be doing another episode. We'll release it on uh, next Wednesday. Yeah, so check us out on social media. You'll be able to find it in the YouTube description below. Just, you know, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Uh, So, yeah, see you guys next week.